0: This episode of Weed & Grub is brought to you by Dutch Valley Farms. Dutch Valley Farms promises you a consistent, clean, high-quality product, and they mean it. Their unwavering guarantee comes from a genuine respect for the process and hyper-focused attention to detail.
1: At Dutch Valley Farms, they are focused on the complete synergy of all the compounds that make up the plant, and that means you can count on an unparalleled experience. For more information, follow them at Dutch Valley Farms on Instagram or go to dutchvf.com. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub.
0: What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Today's a good day.
1: It is a very good day.
0: Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about weed. And grub. And food. And sex. Pop culture.
1: Um, Smoking weed.
0: Dropping L.
1: uh, Eating weed.
0: Bench pressing 136.
1: And having some pancakes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's about everything you already love.
1: Yeah. And uh, we have been on the road. We are currently in Portland, and we've been on the road for a little while, traveling from Alaska to California. It's so exciting.
0: I've got road brain.
1: I have straight up road brain, Mm -hmm. where my road feels like it's my road, my brain, (laughs) where my brain feels like it's in my butt. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, it does. It feels like I'm sitting on my mind right now.
1: Oh my God. And I've been wearing the same pair of socks for like three weeks.
0: How high are they?
1: They're so, they're just, I mean, they stand up on their own. Yeah. Would you like to say hello to them? (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) It's a good road trip.
0: It is. I'm having a ball with you.
1: It's a blast.
0: Also, I wasn't sure if we would be able to sit in a car for a very long time together. And we're we're a good car hang.
1: Yeah, we're doing well. It's really fun because I feel like we've um got the right amount of like being quiet and kind of like not having to say anything while we're together, which I think is a good sign.
0: Yeah, right. A sign of a good relationship is if you feel okay being quiet. Yeah,
1: if you can just like hang and, you know, have your own thoughts while you're next to someone.
0: Wow, that's good, right? It is. Yeah. Sometimes I've looked at like old couples on a park bench, oh. just sitting there in silence, and I've been like, "Oh, why are they still together?" Oh, but that's sad. Still, but right, but it's because they are comfortable with themselves. Yeah. And each other. Yeah,
1: the companionable silence.
0: Whoa! Right. Yeah. yeah. Well. I, ooh, that kind of reminds me of who my butt of the week is, but we'll get there. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, we have a couple of segments before we uh, introduce our amazing guest, right?
0: Yes, we do. All right. The first one, of course, is the Greblick Gazette present my tongue road brain my tongue road brain.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I was, I was picturing the words, but my mouth wasn't working with my mind do
1: you feel like that leech that you held when we uh chatted with our today's guest could have like helped your road brain if you would actually let it latch onto you
0: yeah it would, yeah, steer the ship. I need someone to steer it because I'm crashing into rocks left and right right now.
1: Maybe we should give it all over to the leeches and let them run the world.
0: <laughs> little flatworm rise up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like that movie. Did you ever see the movie Evolution where those little worms come out of the crack and they keep evolving and evolving and evolving faster and faster with uh, Orlando Jones and David Duchovny and Julianne Moore?
1: I only saw it like super late one night and only in bits and pieces kind of like in fits and starts. So no, not really. But I kind of know what you're talking about because it's like funny and creepy and... And I don't know, like science sci- 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 sci-fi. Yeah. Funny, creepy sci-fi.
0: Funny, creepy sci-fi. Yeah. Exactly. It's all, it's all about that flatworm rise up.
1: Yeah. Isn't it annoying, though, how Julia Moore is like has to pretend that she's clumsy in that movie because, you know, you can't have a smart woman without like some flaw that makes her, you know, accessible to dudes not being intimidated by her.
0: Nailed it. So you have seen it. Yeah, she's the fucking head of the CDC, <laughs> but sh- all she's known for is running into doors and dropping files.
1: Yeah, because that's what the head of the CDC does. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Center of f- disease. Hey. Whoa, whoa, hold-
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Look out for that banana peel. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. She's great with diseases, but don't let her hold a vial of them. Yeah. She's She she can't be pretty and competent. Oh, God. Yeah. All, right, well, all right. Well, evolution ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Flatworm rise up.
1: Flatworm rise up. Yo. Oh, speaking of flatworms, mm-hmm. grublets. Is that a good tie-in, <laughs> Road Brain Man?
0: is <laughs> Gazette, uh, powered by Word on the Tree, and that's our news segment where we talk about something going on in the cannabis community that's newsworthy.
1: Yes, and follow at Word on the Tree for everything that you need to know in cannabis news. This week's segment, I think, is so interesting. It's about synthetic cannabinoids emerging as recreational drugs in large part due to drug testing for marijuana. So synthetic cannabinoids like K2 and Spice became like super widely available. I think around a decade ago, like 2008, 2009, they started popping up in gas stations and stuff because they were legal because they were synthesized. So they weren't um, compounds that had been regulated by the federal uh, government. So you could just buy them at gas stations and get high on them, but they're terrible for you. I mean, a lot of the Stories that were in the news were about people, like, you know, going on a rampage and getting violent after. Like, I think there was one really famous case in Florida where a guy actually ate someone else's face off.
0: That was from this kind of drug.
1: Synthetic, yeah. Spice or K2 was partly to blame. I'm sure there were other factors at play there.
0: Well, because I've heard of, like, Croc. And I've heard of um, oh crocodile, crocodile, yeah. and a couple other ones. Oh, I do remember this. But a lot of truckers were taking it to like cruise through the night.
1: I yeah, I mean, I'm not sure exactly you know who who was using it other than it was like definitely available in like lower income communities that would uh, where people would have preferred to actually just smoke weed, but because they sometimes weren't able to um, smoke weed because they had to worry about passing a drug test for any reason you know for work or because they were on parole or whatever the fuck it was they weren't able to smoke marijuana, so they would turn to this synthetic cannabinoid in order to bypass the drug testing, and it's
0: terrible for you. And what happened now, today, present day?
1: So the story is, it's on filtermag.org, and it's this really interesting story uh, by a guy who actually went to a testing lab to see what's happening with synthetic cannabinoids. The reality is that it's it's made people sicker, and it's like affected communities terribly because people have turned to these synthetic poisons, basically, instead of being able to just use flour.
0: So if I'm understanding the article correctly, the article is saying fucking legalize cannabis because everything that is accessible, that is killing people.
1: Yeah, it's saying the the title of the article, it's written by a guy named Christopher Moraf, and his title is The Study of Synthetic Cannabinoids Condemns Punitive Marijuana Laws. So this study is out of a place called the Center for Forensic Science Research and Education, and it's basically a a clinical study that's saying these synthetic cannabinoids are doing far more harm to the communities that uh, would be affected by marijuana use than, you know, like, and the crazy thing about it is that they keep evolving so they can't outlaw these synthetic cannabinoids because they just have to tweak one molecule in order to stay one step ahead of any of these being legis- like uh, regulated?
0: Wow! Yeah. Meanwhile, that thing that grows in the earth with a little bit of soil, sun, and love. Yep. No, no, no. uh-uh. Yep. Can't
1: have that. So that is our story this week. It's really fascinating, and I think it's a good tie-in to talking to our guest because uh, we talk a lot about psychedelics and synthesized um, compounds. So. Absolutely.
0: Before we get there, oh, I yeah. just want to do buds of the week, right? Because when you were talking about silence, my bud of the week is my great great friend Alexis Novak you can follow her on Instagram at Alexis girl Novak Novak with a k Alexis girl Novak look she already has 31,000 followers what's one more follow her she's a yoga and inst- yoga yogurt she eats <laughs> yogurt while doing yoga and instructing people on silence silence <laughs> Christ almighty. She's a yoga instructor. She writes for Mad Magazine. She writes for Reductress. And why I wanted to shout her out now was for something really cool that she just got back from. She just did a meditation retreat, which was 10 full days of silence. That's so cool. That felt like an eternity. Right? <laughs> yeah. 10 days a week. Did everyone
1: in- just check the, like, it, like? <laughs> oh, did the podcast, they stopped talking? Did it stop playing? How could they be quiet for that long? All they do is yap. <laughs>
0: Exactly. I don't, I I can't even, I'd love to have her on actually to talk about the levels of panic that I wonder if she went through because you sit in silence for a day, sometimes two days where you don't hear your own voice, you don't have human contact. 10 days though, 10 days of silence. It's pretty incredible. I I wonder what
1: kind of wisdom bubbles up when you um, stay silent for that long and yeah. how 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 you face all of those fears. Let's have her on.
0: Let's have her on because how many types of crying are there? that's what I want to know yeah right
1: yeah there's like the hard you know curled up into a ball cry there's the weeping in the shower you know there's There's the the
0: tears of happiness oh my gosh I feel free from all of those chains that were holding me down in my mind
1: I saw a squirrel and cried the other day because he was just he looked so happy and free (laughs) (laughs)
0: tears (laughs) sprang to my eyes that's beautiful
1: maybe well
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm very sensitive Uh, I just want to say follow she's a really great follow on Instagram um she does a lot of yoga pictures her captions are hilarious and also So you get to see what reductress articles she's written, and they are all tip-top, top-notch. So thank you, Alexis, and maybe talk to you soon. Depends if you're talking back.
1: Oh, maybe we could just go, like, hang hang in quietude.
0: Let's do a podcast of all silence and just, like, leave people with white noise in their ears. That sounds cool. I would listen. Ooh, I couldn't handle it. Who's your butt of the week?
1: (laughs) My butt of the week is uh, our friend Keo. Keo and Peter are such great friends, and they have been so kind to us. Every time we've come through Portland, uh, they came to the Dope Cup with us last year, and we had a great time with them when we were here in Portland, and we uh, come through again. And they're just so fun and wonderful. And Keo's an incredible cook and knows so much about... uh, All all sorts of stuff, including fishing in Alaska. She used to run a boat called The Savage with her sister, Tomi. And um, they have a book called Fishes and Dishes Cookbook that is commercial fisherwomen sharing their recipes from the high seas that uh, are all beautiful seafood dishes that you can make at home that will never taste as good as when you just, like, pulled that salmon out of the water and whacked it on the head yourself but you can approximate it if you check out at fishes and dishes cookbook on instagram and thank you Keo, just for being an incredible fun friend um who you know always is like just it's the greatest time it's always the greatest time to hang out with kio and peter
0: yeah the savage sisters the
1: savage sisters tommy and Keo, used to um yeah like have they just have incredible stories about like long lining and crabbing in alaska and doing all sorts of cool stuff she cool she cool
0: Good bud of the week. Yep. And side bud of the week, Peter, real cool too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Amazing friends.
0: So who's our V.I.B. this week?
1: Our very important bud, our guest this week, is Sebastian DeRoja. Um, Sebastian runs a place called the Winston House, which is in Seattle. It's a cannabis-friendly bed and breakfast that provides a consciousness-expanding space. It is uh, just a beautiful uh, space with surrounded by trees, and the vibe is incredible. And you can smoke in the space, so you can actually rent a, a room from Sebastian and, like, chill and smoke a joint and then explore Seattle from there.
0: Bud and breakfast. It's a bud and breakfast. But,
1: well, he, as he— He says he doesn't really provide breakfast, so it's kind of like bud and bed. (laughs) Great. Also great. And he's... Excuse me. um, The frog in my throat. He uh, also is really interested in psychedelic therapies, and he leads a a meetup where people can learn about all sorts of psychedelic therapeutic um, methods, and he just started a thing called Animus Alchemy where he talks about um, venom, animal, and plant medicine, basically. Um, and he tells us a little bit about this in the podcast. So follow at Animus Alchemy on Instagram and follow him at the Winston House. And um,
0: Also, he's a great hugger. He gives a hug and he means it. Yeah. he The way that he talks about the ego and shadow and being able to wrap that into uh, psychedelic therapy... Growing through listening, I felt great after this podcast. Yeah, I we talk about road mind, and I almost said roadhead, <laughs> but talk about road mind. Yeah, like he he sparked me back up. You know, he added some creases to my brain after this one. It was really nice.
1: It is a, a very cool conversation. He's so fucking interesting. I could have talked to him forever. I do hope we have another conversation with him soon because he. I don't know. I feel like we could have just gone on and on. You held a leech for goodness' sake. I held a fucking flat leech. A fucking flatworm. Yeah. It was looking for a place to latch on. It was. It It kept
0: winking at me. It's like, give me a taste, baby.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow. It was very cool. Um, So yeah, I guess uh, without any further ado, here's our conversation with Sebastian DeRoja from the Winston House. How did you start The Winston House.
2: Uh, So originally I was in, I was working in the 502 cannabis industry in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I quickly started to realize it wasn't necessarily an industry that I was gonna be excited to work in. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing how, and, and then seeing the demand, how there wasn't a place for people to smoke and enjoy weed, while they're traveling. And I was yeah. like, "Hey, that might be a little more fun than, you know, slinging products to stores and <laughs> Yeah. You know, mass producing for consumption. So, instead I get to create the space for people to consume."
1: Can I ask you about like like when you sort of started using cannabis or like what your uh, entry into that world was?
2: So, so so the first time, I was I was 15. Mm-hmm. I had been a kid at school who was kind of not you know, I was just kind of an outcast in school and not really included. Well, then there's a couple of guys who were talking about getting another student stoned. And I was like, I'll do it. I'm curious, <laughs> you know, because I was always super curious and, you know, just a investigative kind of research oriented from the start, you know. Mm-hmm. So we ended up, you know, went to their house. It was very like Nirvana. Time. I remember his room was like a chair with a Nirvana poster. It's a little depressing, but. And then I remember too that I when I got so we were smoking pot out in like a barn, and I was like, I don't think it's doing anything, as often happens, right? And then I'm like looked down at my little necklace is like, you know, because I'm so nervous, right? Mm-hmm. Is is uh, and then I definitely got stoned the first time, you know. So then we're in the room and I kept making like gay, like, gay, you know, because I wasn't out yet, and I'd make like kind of like. Things that I think were oriented towards, I don't remember what it was I said, and they're like, What, dude? I'm like, Oh, nothing, nothing. And kind of was Uh (laughs) like, Were they they like jokes or were they like, Oh, I finally feel honest
0: for the first time?
2: Yeah, I think they were just process coming out because I was like, uh, I'd altered my consciousness for the first time. And you know, as things tend to surface out, you know? (laughs) Um, So that was that first. And then literally, we went from getting stoned and then dropping acid. Wow so that was a a lot at once and like the parents were upstairs sleeping that was uh is this was, the
0: same night yeah yeah cool yeah.
2: it was cool it did kind of give me a weird it gave me a weird so for my first like three years of smoking pot two years let's see probably around 18 it started to stop but basically what happened is because I'd gotten stoned and then we had dropped the acid and during the peak of the acid I was like Oh. And I was as a kid. I was a little nervous kid and kind of a, a nervous peer, if that makes sense. <laughs> you're know? I mean, just having to like pee when you're nervous. And I thought yeah. during the pee, I was like, "What if I have to pee?" Oh, and I started like worrying that I was peeing my pants. Oh my god! And so, you know, I'm with new kids from school, so I'm sure there's all those like you know kind of insecurities coming out. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going into the house and like I was like. I thought oh my gosh I'm going to like because I could feel it and hear it and I couldn't see any pee and so I thought I was going to pee all over the house like you know just like tripping out dramatized well that somehow in my neuroplasticity that kind of like programmed that in to getting stoned and for almost two to three years, if I would get high I'd be like it feels really warm down there uh oh I think. Oh no, it might be in my pants. <laughs> wow. And it wasn't until like around 18 that I realized, like you know, you joke with. I'd tell my friends. Your friends are like whatever. They'll just laugh or think it's funny. But it was literally like in that program, and then I kind of like worked it out, and then I could start enjoying weed.
1: Wow, that's so interesting. Like the first association with something being so strong that it actually stuck with you for years.
2: Well, yeah, and that's because like, I mean these things do tend to like help with enhancing neuroplasticity, right? So they're like, yeah, it kind of like created that track. So I would get stoned, and I'd start thinking about it, and I'd jump back on that track.
1: That's so interesting because that's such a big <laughs> part of what you do—is like the investigation into the scientific aspects of how the plant medicine affects you, like not just the consciousness expanding, but the actual totally. neuroplasticity and the like, the physiological. Well,
2: and aspects I think that's probably it, where those experiences are what led me to kind of gaining that, you know, that deep interest in consciousness.
0: When did you finally crack open a book to be like, "What is this doing for me, and why?" and dive into the whole culture. Oh, at, at 15. At 15? Oh, yeah.
2: After after I did it, I was... Especially after I did MDMA, too, because I think that MDMA brought a lot of, like, self-acceptance and probably part of, like, my coming out process, you know? And I was just, like... I was, like, an evangelist for... You know, I had my Hugs on Drugs shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because <laughs> you were hugs, feeling
0: yourself so well. fine. Like, yeah, you oh, were yeah, so into, sure. like, you. Yeah, because I
2: came out around that time, too. And I think it, um, it just made... You know, it just it really helped with that process for me. I think in self acceptance. So but I was very like, you know, I was very serious about it. You know, I was very strict about like and I was a kid that if I went to like a rave, I only ever went a few times, but I would take care of other people that had overdone it or, you know.
0: That's thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> for real. It
2: was always it'd make a little more work to go to a rave, but it was still <laughs> you know, it was fun. I just always was curious by how people were responding and You know trying to advocate responsible use just because especially in youth (laughs) people can develop those patterns early of like you know overuse and you know not very balanced use
1: i feel like since you and i met a few years ago i've been watching the evolution of um drug culture as it become therapeutic drug culture especially with psychedelic therapies and you know things like mdma being used for treatment of ptsd or psilocybin being used for like end of life um, protocol treatments and all that kind of stuff and I feel like you've been so you've been at the forefront of that for so long through like the, the
2: research that you do. So I run the Seattle Psychedelic Society and that's definitely been really amazing to watch you know our, the platform we use is Meetup and you're watching people come in just like who are never any experience never you know an interest in psychedelics. Um, probably the biggest game changer is Michael Pullen's book How to Change Your Mind. Wow, Because if you asked at the group, you know, half the people will raise their hand that that's what they read. And it's kind of fascinating, right, that he is a food writer, right? And Mm -hmm. then that crossed and he crossed over and it really like, boom, it opened up the audience, you know, Mm -hmm. because people who were reading his books because of their interest in food now have an interest in psychedelics. Yeah. One thing I love about we get people from all walks of life. You know, people, you know, who you wouldn't think would be interested in, you know, psychedelic culture, which I I find such an honor to like actually, you know, create a space for them to come into to feel comfortable, you know, to not, you know what I mean? And kind of break through stereotypes and break through different stuff so they can go, oh, wow, maybe this is something that'll help me.
1: Yeah. So for anyone listening who doesn't know about Michael Pollan's books, he wrote The Botany of Desire, which examined our relationship to plants. And then he wrote How to Change Your Mind, which is like his own experience with using several different psychedelics Mm -hmm. and like writing about it from a first person point of view and um i actually haven't read how to change your mind yet i read um islet waldman's um a really good day
2: have you read that oh yeah that one's about microdosing hell right that yep
0: when we were in alaska it feels like the pacific northwest is a bit of a hub for mental health because i've never met more people who are speaking openly about their own experiences and their own battles with suicide than up here and it's been pretty cool to have people be that open about it
2: well usually people are really happy to come to a space where it's like they know it's people that are also have this shared interest and it's pretty cool to see that that just that shared interest in consciousness which I think is such a natural I mean that's part of our wiring right yeah Mm -hmm. we're wired for that
0: i mean we need people like you because i can't go to starbucks and strike up a conversation about l that's just not how it's gonna go (laughs) yeah
2: can i get a microdose in that latte (laughs) (laughs) maybe that'll be the future
1: you mentioned animal medicine this morning too because you showed us a leech Mm -hmm.
2: yeah leech (laughs) leech therapy i've been learning how to give leech therapy or haruta therapy is the the technical name
1: that's so incredible. And there, are there other creatures that um, you look to for animal yes. medicine? Yes.
2: So one of the other treatments I do, well, I would, I would say select do for guests because it's not. <laughs> I actually had an error the other day where I sent accidentally sent a message. So it's called Cambo, mm-hmm. which is a detox treatment. It's a Phyllomedusa bicolors, the giant tree frog from Brazil, and it's a it's a intense detox experience
0: mm-hmm. is it licking a frog
2: no it's not licking a frog that's that <laughs> well you didn't actually lick that frog but that was bufala various which is the snoring desert toad and you actually milked its paratoidal glands from behind its eyes to get and that one's a psychedelic so this cambo is non-psychedelic and it's legal so mm-hmm. that's nice um but uh, i accidentally sent a guest a message and was like oh have you tried cambo and i meant to send it to someone on the meetup <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, and they're like, uh, yeah, we don't think we want to do that, like, with our stay, because uh-huh. it makes you throw, I mean, it's a deep purging experience, um, and you have a histamine reaction, you swell up, it's a, you know, it's a venom, right? So, not something usually that someone wants to do when they're on a little fun weed vacation.
0: Well, but what is the benefit of it?
2: Um, so, you know how a lot of the, so one, it's, there's over six dozen bioactive peptides in the venom, um, f- you know, from things from depression, Alzheimer's, um, gut health, because it basically your it causes your intestines and everything to like basically constrict. You know, like um, mm-hmm. like it's almost like wringing you out, basically like a like a wash rag. Great way to say it. Uh, but basically, so when you do that and your your liver releases bile and you you purge, right? But how it works in an energetic way is, you know, all the stuff, the grief, shame, guilt, things we tend to stuff down, right, in our body, it moves that along. So that's why it's so good for depression. In Brazil, they say it treats panema, or clouded thinking. And so it just helps. And like we were talking about self-care earlier, it just kicks it really fascinating, because it just kicks in your self-care. It kicks in like regulation of habits, like just being more mindful about habits. It's a but it's, it's it's a great experience. <laughs> it sounds
0: like it to like, to, could the, you got to go through the wall sometimes to come out the other side.
2: Sacrifice, right? Like, like with it, I'll say sometimes being vulnerable is your ultimate strength, you know? And it's, and it is really going through, you know, it's not something I do. Like, I actually used to have it on my site and I don't now. Um, I'll probably add it to Animus because I had it on the Winston house. Um, but it's, to me, it was kind of a thing where I feel like, Because you're in such a vulnerable space, it's really nice to establish a rapport and a connection, you know. Because a person's going to feel a lot better about letting go and releasing, especially something, you know, like us getting sick in front of someone is a very, it's very personal, you know. Some people don't care though, but you know, I mean, some people they hold that back. Yes. So like, I try to establish a rapport with a client before, you know, before that treatment. It's, It's an intense experience though.
0: Once you see those people let go. Mm-hmm. And because they they ultimately have to, well, maybe they don't have to, once you see someone let go and do that purge and start doing that and how you're there for them and you're going through it together, do you find when they come out the other side that they immediately start thinking of you as the person who helped them before they realized that they were also helping themselves? Or how I, I- does that from the beginning
2: i try to really encourage for people that they're they're doing the work Mm -hmm. you know that i'm facilitating holding space because you see often with you know with with, you know with these kind of medicines with other you know you see it in the realm of like you know with ayahuasca medicine people getting you know not recognizing themselves and their own self-worth for the work they've done and directing it at another person usually another ego (laughs) that they're inflating so like you know, that's that's one thing I really, like, I would never say, like, people in the past, oh, you're a shaman, you're an urban shaman. I said, well, no, we don't really, the current state of culture doesn't support that role. You know, it doesn't really like, you know, there's, I say, I would say I have shamanic tendencies, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Shemana flexible or something. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a really big thing we talk about even in the group of people is, you know, about finding, you know, finding the right provider and really making sure that, you know, the person's well-intentioned because sometimes when you're doing deep healing work with people, it's, I mean, it's easy for people to, like get God complexes and, you know watch their egos get inflated and that's always been for me a really because I've, I've witnessed that happen so it's always been and that's it's, it's something i'm actually really mindful and i actually felt really good about the fact that i'm very mindful of making sure that doesn't occur
0: Magicalbutter.com
1: That's so nice.
0: I just wrote a jingle for him.
1: Yeah, it's great. I really like it. You like
0: it? Yeah. It took me a minute to find what note to sing. And Uh once I found it, I really just leaned in. I feel like I knocked it out of the park first take.
1: I'm really impressed. Thanks. (laughs) Well,
0: thanks for recording this in the shower with me where I get all my singing done.
1: Yeah, and you smell good too.
0: (laughs) I just wanted to, I, I don't know, they're just fun. I really like Magical Butter. I like the ghee, I like the infusion machine, and I also like the vibe of everyone who works there.
1: They're such a fun follow on Instagram, and their recipes are great, and everything that they do just lights my heart up. I love Magical Butter so much, and um, yeah, I'm just so happy like that we know them.
0: We know them. Real Talk, if you go and follow people like Chris, Garen, on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, follow Magical Butter, they're giving back to the community right now all over the world while also wearing fun, brightly colored suits and smearing themselves with their new Magical Butter ghee. Like every step of the way, they're having a ball while giving back and that's what I'm all about.
1: Yeah, and they collaborate with really interesting chefs and people to like come up with new products and ideas to just keep everything light and fun and I don't know, really pay homage to like the great fun communal parts of, of enjoying the plant together.
0: That's what got me into the game in the first place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you you want to explore Magical Butter? I say go to @magicalbutter on Instagram or go to their website magicalbutter.com. And when you buy anything at all, use promo code Weed and Grub for twenty percent off.
1: Go to magicalbutter.com and enter the discount code Weed and Grub at checkout for twenty percent off. And you know they're just great people. You're gonna enjoy your your time over there.
0: Magicalbutter.com.
1: A little pitchy. Me. Me.
0: Us. You I'm know, so I'm,
1: interested in that and, like, that, that, that safety and balance because I think there is some psychedelic work going on in places where people aren't taking the steps to, like, put up the necessary boundaries and make sure oh. that everyone's responsible for their experience and that it's not, um, re- like, necessarily responsible guiding happening. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it can be um, veer into some dangerous territory.
2: I remember when I went initially in 2006 and drank ayahuasca at this place called Blue Morpho which is one of the first places it was like you know one of the first kind of that hit the media you know like uh National Geographic did an article Peru to hell and back and i was like well, that sounds like fun <laughs> <laughs> it was and it was it was terrifying i mean it was my first experience with that was terrifying um but it was again it was a really big group i mean after the first night five people left cuz wow. they but they intentionally blew you into like a, a chaotic, you know, shadow work state that was not, it would never, that would never be the way I would do it with people.
0: Is that irresponsible or is that just another way that doesn't work I for you? I think it's irresponsible. Yeah. yeah,
2: I think it's irresponsible. I mean, this brew too is, so there's like Shipibo, which generally Shipibo brew is like, you know, two plants, ayahuasca and chacruna together. Um, Mestizo is like mixed brew, so with other plants. And this this brew actually had Toei in it, which is Datura. Are you familiar with Detura? No. Detura is like a a, is a delirium psychedelic. It's a or a delirium hallucinogen, I guess you'd probably call that one. And it's 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 a bit dangerous to work with and it's really like intense shadow. Like there's demons. I mean, it was it was like having several hallucinations at once. And the fact that five people left, I mean, they've flown out and paid ten grand to come to this place in the Amazon, and then they left after the first night.
1: How did you oh my god get I went through
2: <laughs> I, I went down from like the full cup to I was like oh, I only want I like went down to just taking a really small amount you know and, and it because it was I mean it was people throwing like really good medicine brewed intentionally and cleanly I mean people do purge of course but it doesn't have to be where everybody's like, you know, where there's just tons of pooping sounds and throwing up sounds like nonstop because it just doesn't have to be like that. It was something and, you know, maybe it's the water used and just the combination of things in the brew because it was like. That was a hot mess. Yeah, I mean, I at the one point I remember as I'm like kind of like like hyperventilated coming out of the really intense experience. I was like, this is like a plane crash.
1: Whoa. Yeah, and this
2: isn't a great. <laughs> this is a great example. I've had really beautiful, amazing experiences with ayahuasca too. But this this was my first
0: experience, and I
2: tried it again, which at least that
0: you know. I would trust you more because you've seen all sides of the globe. Mm-hmm. So I would trust you more because you've seen and experienced all those things. Like if I'm coming to you and I'm like, help me have an experience I've never mm-hmm. had so I can work on myself. Thank you for having those awful, awful trips. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> so you, you for knowing le- how to talk to me so about. So you can learn from
2: those. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of that part of that, you know, because a lot of it is shadow work. You know, it's working on our shadow and our, you know, kind of delving into the parts of our subconscious.
0: Right. I've you, never heard of that. I mean, oh, you know, like, kind of oh, so Jungian. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Jungian like the shadow, like the repressed parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of times psychedelics, right. They bring out, like we were talking about earlier about like stuff that's below the surface, you know, like. You know, like, like I said, like about me coming out or, you know, apparently having to be, I mean, look, I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing all just...
0: black and I have a beard. If I'm not trying to look like my shadow right now, like, yeah, I don't know what's you know. going <laughs> on.
2: And, well, I usually wear black, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you are know, both in it. Yeah. <laughs> trying to embrace all of it, <laughs> yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, so that's what it is. It's the, um, it's the sides of you that might not be at the forefront, but are underneath and important.
1: Well, everything has a shadow, right? Yeah. So even a good, like even, you know, something wonderful, like being in love, the shadow mm-hmm. side of that can be giving up yourself too much to some. With. totally like polarity
2: is right it's right totally the polarities in her inner plane you know
1: and you th- and ayahuasca helps you integrate possibly those I think two a things big
2: part of yeah and psychedelics in general is kind of helping you know one show because we can tend to rep- repress our shadows and deny and kind of bury it you know culture can reinforce that um and then yeah the psychedelics can tend to help you like look at it with you know and look at yourself with compassion Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's a big thing of of gentleness. You know, I usually encourage people to be gentle on themselves and, you know, kind of more of a surrender approach with the psychedelic
0: experience. I've never thought of culture as repressive.
2: I think, you know, especially as a culture now, we can get so caught up in focusing on the shadow of culture. You know, you see that a lot now. I think of people like focusing on the shadow of America instead Mm -hmm. of looking at all the fucking light and amazingness. I oh, don't know, I swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you well, know, it's I very think difficult
1: to see it right now.
2: Yeah, but well, the interesting thing is when you have more light, you see more shadows, right? Mm. So it's kind of this interesting process of interplay and I have a I have a thought. I think we're I think we're slowly I think we're going through that dark night before the golden
0: age. Do you so. think we're purging right now? Yeah,
2: I think I think it's a, I think it's a time of, you know, things kind of like we're getting to witness the shadow. It's all about if we actually integrate it. Mm -hmm. That would be the thing, right? Instead of like repress it or get caught up in idealisms. And it's a whole interplay of interesting. Oh, (laughs) that's this this
0: is really interesting for me to hear because I continuously think of us as winning or losing Mm -hmm. right now. It's very black and white to me. It's like we're either winning the war against where we're headed or we're losing it. And you're talking about integrating all of it and coming out the other side a little bit more whole.
2: Well, because this play has always been going historically, you know, forever. I mean, in so many ways now because the media and things that we're like inundated with... We think, oh my gosh, you know, what are we living in? Mm-hmm. But if you look at us historically, we're so much less brutal than we've ever been. You know, we're we're in so many ways we're growing. It's just growing pains. You know, it's it's growing pains. It's it's a you, you
0: know. really make it a lot more digestible when I think about us going through a big you know, humanity purge right now that oh, really yeah. makes it a little bit more easy to wrap my head around
1: and easier for me, I think to think of it in that way to like, just not look at the daily news and not read the Twitter oh, yeah. feed and not read the insanity and sort of think that, you know, if this is a time where we're like, you know, purging or like we've collectively taken some weird dose of like cultural ayahuasca. Yeah. <laughs> <that we just laughs> kind of in to, a way, right? Cause we'll,
2: we'll, we'll think about the fact like how, how engaged people are now in yeah. some ways, but often too engaged as the team that or too engaged to the wrong, you know, cause to me it's, it's become so apparent how much, like I said, with the mainstream, how much it's like fear propagation. And, you know, but when people are afraid, there is a control. People are afraid, it's easy to take their rights away. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, it's a, it's a, like we talked about earlier, the programming, we're, you know, I feel like we really now can see, you know, because it's, I kind of like, well, people know, so we're just going to produce propaganda anyways and, you know, push forward. I don't know. It's a, it's a yeah, I feel it. Yeah, not huge, huge. <laughs> huge <laughs> not, that's why I really encourage the digital detox because I, I I love information though, you know. But I love to really research and really dig deep for the truth, because the surface doesn't have the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, the surface is usually just meant to induce fear. Yeah. You know, because fear gets clicks.
0: Yeah. Ooh, how many clicks though? Oh, so many. Oh,
2: I know. Yeah, that's the thing is we don't have. Like, I recently started listening to this uh this channel Subverse. Because they actually go into like, they do a thing on like positive news, and it's really like, and actually looking at amazing things that are happening, because that's not what the news news does, right? The news wants to inundate us with all the horrible happenings, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, but then when you actually look at data, and you look at our growth, we're, you know, we're actually, we're doing pretty well.
1: Is your experience with people using LSD in the psychedelic community something that, like, are you seeing people using that to microdose a lot?
2: Microdose a lot. That's yeah. definitely probably one of the biggest interest. And of course, you know, that was kind of powered by, like, that, that book. Uh, really nice, really I- nice. Islet
1: Waldman, uh, A Really Good Day.
2: A Really Good Day. Yeah. And then, you know, with Silicon Valley, it, which is kind of an interesting evolution, right? And it's it's mixed. So a lot of people come and they have this idea like, Oh, I can do this and it's going to make me more, more productive in society, you know, and kind of previously psychedelics, you know, if you think of like Leary error, right. Tune in, drop out. I'm not not saying that was the necessary way to go. Um, but, but I think that that's an interesting evolution, right. Where now it was like, Oh, okay. It's okay because it's being put into our productivity schedule, right? Yeah. Like, oh, be keep... a part of work. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's kinda of just like we have Adderall prescribed in mass and no one talks about the potential, you know, amphetamine epidemic <laughs> because it's utilized to fuel that productivity. Right. Um, but I'm not saying that's necessary. I think it's it normalizes it, which is really awesome. But I, I you know, with a group when we discuss microdosing, I'm often like, Well, you know, there's micro, low, you know regular macro like there's a, a range and what are you doing for the day you know what it, what can your time be to experiment with this maybe you can have more than a mind you know what i mean maybe it, it doesn't need to start in that sub perceptual well sorry it doesn't doesn't necessarily only need to be done in that sub perceptual way maybe it's good to actually uncheck from your day and enjoy some time caring for yourself and kind of digging deeper into your you know unconscious subconscious
0: we have to start wrapping up don't we
1: yeah did you have one more question
0: i could talk to you for such <laughs> a long time we could <laughs> talk together for such a long time well, you,
2: can, you can come back we can give you guys cambo treatment that's something. what i was gonna say
1: is i, I <laughs> would actually really love to come back and like okay. make make a weekend of it and do some like yeah some therapeutic uh experimentation with cambo and or i don't know what you would call it th- like therapeutic cambo right yeah yeah, yeah. You can Totally. Do it. yeah i'd love to yeah. do that for you for sure That'd be really cool
0: yeah, we can all use a little bit of a detox. Yeah. yeah. Or a lot of a bit detox of a detox. Weekend. Detox, yeah. detox <laughs> weekend, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's great. So, if
1: people want to find about, out about you and what you're doing, where would they find you?
2: Um, so, they can find me on Instagram at The Winston House, um, also www.thewinstonhouse.com, and then uh, Animus Alchemy at Animus Alchemy. On the Instagram too. That's kind of in development,
0: but it's up there, and I have a cute logo. (laughs) (laughs) It is a really great logo. (laughs) And I would also just like to say that we spent the night here, and it's a beautiful place to stay. And this entire house is gorgeous. And what you've what you've done not only with decoration, vibe, and feel is so welcoming and heartwarming, but also really comfy bed. Thank, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's
2: important to me. You got to have a good Very
1: bed. Very cozy. Got to
0: have a good bed. And when you, you know,
2: you just, to me, yeah, it's the, about the full picture, right?
1: It's wonderful. Yeah, thank it is.
0: You. Oh, well said. Thank you for the vibe. <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure.
1: It's thank a pleasure. you.
2: Thank you.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.